Welcome to The Vital Point. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. If you are interested in transformational work, such as plant medicine, psychedelics, breath work, meditation, somatic practices, cold exposure, yoga, and more, then my friends, you are in the right place. Welcome to The Vital Point, the podcast that is for practitioners as well as people new to transformational work looking curiously for more information and guidance. So if you are new to this type of work, uh, welcome. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. I am an integration coach and breathwork facilitator. I've also been meditating for about 20 years and um, do some mindfulness instruction as well. So this podcast um, brings you leaders in the fields of transformational work, whether that's um, psychedelics and plant medicine work, breath work, or a myriad of other types of modalities. And my goal with this podcast is to not only introduce you to new modalities and practices, but help spark your curiosity to go out and actually practice them. So I hope you enjoy today's episode of the show. Hey everyone, on this episode of the podcast, my guest is Adrian Jessic. Adrian is one of the co-founders of the Morosco Forge ice bath, which is one of the coolest ice baths available on the market, and is a self-proclaimed cold water enthusiast with good reason. She shares her story of using cold water exposure to help cure three separate autoimmune conditions that the doctors said she would be living with for the rest of her life. Adrian's got a great perspective in addition to her story on um, mindset and also goes into the method that she developed for doing ice baths and cold exposure called the Morosco method, which I'm a big fan of because it really uses mindfulness, awareness, and sensory experience to um, accentuate and bring presence into the ice bath process. So I really hope you enjoy this episode with Adrian Jessic. That started, um, you know, welcome to the Vital Point podcast. Uh, the podcast is for transformational practices uh, to help you, uh, the listener, learn about these different modalities and introduce you to wonderful practitioners that are doing the work. Because to me, the Vital Point is to actually experience these different uh, practices. You can't read about them so much as doing them is going to um, create that transformation. And today, my guest is one of the co-founders of the Morosco Forge Ice Bath, Adrian Jessic. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So, um, you know, I've, I was starting this out by saying, like, uh, b partially because I knew you were going to be on the podcast this week, and partially just to give myself a kick in the butt and get myself back in, into my own cold plunging practice. Um, I just finished up seven days in a row of, um, of cold plunges. We're going to be doing eight after this podcast here. Um, and it was this really transformational um, thing. Like I, I can't say that I've done seven days in a row ever. 
Um, but I had shoulder surgery in November and it was a really good excuse uh, for me to like keep putting off getting back into a regular kind of practice, a regular habit of, um, of getting in my ice bath. And so I thought before we got into your story, which I think is really incredible, like I'm sure you hear this question a lot because when, when I tell people like, oh, I do ice baths, usually they're like the response or the reaction is like, oh God, why would you want to do that? Like, or I would, I would never do that. So like, how do you deal with that as somebody that like sells this incredible, um, you know, ice bath? Well, in my experience, even when people tell me, oh, I would never do that. I find that within just a few short minutes or possibly a few short hours, they've got them in the ice bath and they're <laughs> in and they're up to their neck and it's 32 degrees and they stay for two plus minutes. And, um, I think too, whether you say you can or whether you say you can't, you're right. So mm. yeah, if you think you can't do it, you can't. If you think you can, you can. And I've never met anyone who actually can't. I've not ever once met anyone who can't. It's just what we are choosing to do. It's where we choose our discomfort. How bad do we want to heal? How bad do we want to grow? What does that mean to us? Can a few minutes of discomfort and just being cold mean your future? mean your life? Because to me, when I first began this practice, there was no way I was into the cold. I hated the cold. I grew up in Florida. I lived in Hawaii. Phoenix summers at three digit temperatures are still my favorite time of year. I'm bundled up in a sweater. It's like 60 degrees here today. So <laughs> I prefer the heat. Even four years into my practice, I prefer the heat. That being said, the heat wasn't going to heal me. So how bad did I want to get well? And I wanted to get well so badly that taking an ice bath, that was small potatoes. Living with chronic illness and chronic pain and depression and anxiety, an ice bath, two minutes, that's all it takes. I would have tried it. I would have tried anything. may have lost uh, Adrian there for a second. It looks like it's buffering. There we go. I'm back. You're back. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's a good segue into a little bit more of your story because your your own journey is is pretty incredible. So if you could go into your your own history a little bit more, I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 32 years old, I got sick. I got really sick and it took about a year to figure out what was going on. And within a year, within two years, I was diagnosed with three separate autoimmune conditions, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, eosinophilic esophagitis, and urticaria. Also within that first year of being sick, I gained 50 pounds. I've always been a thin person. I've always been a well person and gaining 50 pounds in a year is no joke. Gaining 50 pounds period is no joke, but in a year, I mean, my skin was stretched. I was so uncomfortable. It was like walking around with three tires around my midsection all the time. That drastic weight gain also created another host of problems in my joints, my knees, my ankles. Like it was just hard for my body to support that extra weight. Uh, I would get heartburn so bad that I couldn't even drink water and it hurt to breathe. 
Um, I would sometimes my whole body inside and out would turn into hives because of something I was allergic to, whether that be environmental or um, a food allergy or, you know, fragrances. Let's just say right now, if you wear perfume or scented colognes or anything like that, flaylates, there are the chemicals that make your grandmother's sweater smell 70 years, 30 years after she passed those chemicals stick to the insides of our body. And those chemicals are designed that way to make you keep coming back for more. They're listed in ingredient listings under the title fragrance. And what people don't know is because fragrance is technically proprietary, they don't have to disclose the ingredients listed under fragrance. There can be hundreds of ingredients under the term fragrance. And many of them alter your hormones, alter your immune system, alter your body's ability to defend itself. So long story short, <laughs> long story longer and shorter, uh, over a course of about four years and these three diagnoses, I ended up taking per day 20 different vitamins, pills, and supplements and two live antibody shots per month for my allergist. So that's a lot. That's a lot of pills. I felt like I was taking more pills than I was eating food. And none of it ever helped. I went the naturopath route. I tried the cleanses. I tried the detoxes. I mean, I really went through the ringer trying to figure out what can I do? What can I do to help myself feel better? And anytime I went to one of my specialists, I got the same story. You have a chronic illness. This is never going away. You need this medication in order to live. None of that was true. None of that was true. Because I tell you what, the minute my insurance skipped between jobs. I didn't have insurance for three months. I went to my doctor and I said, how am I going to live? I can't afford to pay for these medications out of pocket. The allergy shots alone were $2,500 a piece. So she says, well, I'll give you some samples to tide you over. I said, well, what if you didn't have samples? Because she could only give me so many samples. Well, what if you didn't have samples? Long story short, as, as I tend to do, um, yeah, she said, there's just nothing we can do to help you. If you can't afford to pay for your medication and they can't give you the samples for it, you're just up a crick. So here I am, four years of this illness, no relief, no symptom relief whatsoever. Medications continuing to pile on. Doctors continuing to tell me that I was chronically ill. This was my life. I was never going to lose the weight and I was never going to get well. And I was at my wit's end. I was losing my life. My relationships were deteriorating because I had nothing to give. I was deteriorating. I was in bed 10, 12, sometimes 14, 16, or 18 hours in a day because I just had no energy. And I was so depressed and I was in so much pain. I was miserable. So when my husband brought up the idea of ice baths, we'd been hearing, reading about it in some books that we were into and stuff like that. And when he brought it up as like, hey, let's try this in our backyard, I thought he was nuts and I wasn't going to do it. And his thought process was, if I bring it to the house and I set it up at the house, then Adrian has a choice to stare at it and watch everyone else do it or to not. Well, when you're this sick, you try anything. And if all it took, like I said, was two minutes of sitting in cold water, I was going to try it. So I did. My very first ice bath lasted nine seconds. <laughs> I put both feet on either side of the tub and these videos are all over the internet. I put both hands on either side of the tub. I dropped myself violently into the water. 
I held my breath as long as I could. Turns out that's nine seconds at the time. I leapt out, I freaked out. And then when everything started to calm down, there were a few things that I noticed. For one, I felt empowerment. I felt a sense of empowerment like I'd never experienced in my entire life. Number two, the chronic pain in my legs that would never go away, not with pain pills, not with acupuncture, not with anything else that I was doing, was gone, was gone completely. And when you've lived for four plus years with chronic pain, in especially in a specific spot, and all of a sudden that's gone, I don't care who you are or what you just did, you're gonna do it again. You're gonna find a way to seek that relief. So I knew right away I was going to do this again. Not, not that day, definitely not that day. <laughs> I waited about a week or two before I tried it again. And that led me to realizing that this was not a practice that was meant for me to be met with com competition. This wasn't a challenge practice for me. This wasn't a high energy, holotropic, heavy, hyperventilative breathwork scenario for me. I needed to find a way to meet the cold with calm surrender. Because what was happening in this high energy, hyperventilative, competitive, challenging sort of energy, I would be so hyped up while standing next to the ice that I would experience anxiety before even getting in, even though I knew the answer to the healing was right on the other side. So that's when I began to develop the Moronsko method, which is a sensory immersive guided meditation to teach you how to move through the cold with calm, mindful intention. I think I, think I covered it all there. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, oh, and in two years of a deliberate cold exposure practice. So I started doing it once a week, once every other week here and there. Within the first year, I was up to um, multiple plunges per week, sometimes multiple a day based on what I was working on. And in less than two years, I got off every single medication, all vitamins and supplements. I lost all 50 pounds and I fully reversed all traces of autoimmune and illness in my system. When I went into my endocrinologist to get my annual labs read, I didn't tell her any of this. All I did was sit there and wait for the results. Mm, and when she smart. read the results, <laughs> she said, everything's normal. Everything's within range. You're looking great. Keep doing what you're doing. And I said, awesome. I'm doing ice baths. I'm not coming back. Like, I'm cured. This is it. And she's like, oh, well, that's great. I hope I never have to see you again. And at first I was really excited because I thought, heck yeah, hope I never have to see you again either, lady. Right. And then I walked out through the waiting room and I saw more than a dozen other women as sick as I was, overweight, miserable, uncomfortable, ill, full of disease, taking medications, waiting in a specialist's office to go through whatever it is that they were going through with their health. And the anger set in. And I realized my doctor's not going to tell anyone that I reversed autoimmune. My mm. doctor's not going to tell anyone that I had a chronic life-threatening threatening illness that suddenly is gone. So if my doctor's not going to do it, I'm going to do it. And that's when I decided that my mission in life is to shout the healing benefits of the cold from the rooftops and tell as many people as who will listen. So even when I get someone who's hesitant or when some, someone comes to me and says, oh, no, I can't do that. I like, to rem I like to let them know that I had an autoimmune disease that kept my body from regulating outside temperature. And I did it. And look at me now. It's, it's such a wonderful story. 
Um, and there's like so many different things that came up that I, like I would love to touch on. Um, the, the first one is just, well, I, I did want to ask, so in, in terms of developing the Morozko method, were you like studying meditation or other kinds of mindful awareness before you started like developing that practice or like, how did you kind of come into developing the Morosco method like a little bit more detail? Like where did you get your inspiration from or, you know, who did, who, who are your teachers that kind of like helped distill that down? Well, I had been in dialectical behavioral therapy on and off my, in my, throughout my life. So definitely more than 10 years of DBT. And in dialectical behavioral therapy, one of the exercises that you're provided when you experience anxiety or overwhelm is to connect with the five senses. You can ground yourself by connecting with your five senses. And there are a couple of ways to do this. You can find one thing that you can see, smell, taste, touch, and hear, or you can do the five method, which is five things I see, four things I smell, three things I hear, two things I can touch, one thing I can taste. I try to keep taste at once so that I'm not leaning on food for emotional regulation. Uh, and so dialectical behavioral therapy was where it started because I was standing outside of the tub. I was outside in my backyard. I was feeling the sunshine. I was hearing the birds. And I thought, I'm feeling anxiety right now. And I'm not even in the tub. And anxiety is not real. Anxiety is a fear emotion. And it's a fear based on a past event that happened that you're afraid of happening again in the future. So it's not even anything real. It's not even anything that was actually happening, not when I'm standing outside of the tub. So I thought, all right, I'm going to pull, I'm going to draw on my experience. My experience was with DBT. And so I grounded myself in the senses. And that's when I started to incorporate ceremony around this because I wasn't just healing myself physically, I was healing myself mentally and emotionally. And by creating ceremony around it, I was also preparing my brain for what was about to happen. So by using things like essential oils, Palo Santo, sage, scents, strong scents that are going to flip that switch in my brain that says, okay, Adrian's about to take an ice bath right now. Mood lighting, so whether that be candles or focusing on the sunshine, lighting has such an impact on how we're creating an environment around what it is that we're doing. So I'm doing this hard thing. I'm doing this thing that's very uncomfortable for me. So how can I create this environment that makes me feel safe, secure, and ceremonious? And so that's when I started to incorporate this ceremony. As I grew along, as I learned, I, I had experience with meditation, but not deeply. As I moved along and started guiding others the way that I was guiding myself through the cold, that's when I started to incorporate yoga nidra. Because one of the beauties of ice baths is it helps reignite that conversation between the brain and the body. And so often, we are not in touch with the messages our bodies are trying to send to us. So anytime we have a physical symptom, of illness, of disease, anything like that, that is the message from our body trying to say, hey, listen to me, there's a problem. By practicing deliberate cold exposure, those messages become more clear between the brain and the body. Now, if my right knee hurts, I'm going to sit and I'm going to think about it. I'm going to meditate on it. And I will receive a message from the body that says, this is why your knee hurts. This is what you're moving through. Let's take the time to care for the self and do that. Uh, I also, through this process, and because I was guiding other people and needed some more tools in my belt, studied hypnosis. So hypnosis is also part of the guided sensory meditation. Uh, and it's more intention than anything. So 
you know, when we decide before we get in, what are we here for? What's going to keep us in for two whole minutes when we decide that's it, I can't take any more, I'm going to get out. Because if we can set an intention, so for me, almost always my intention is this is good for my body. This is good for my soul. I am here to heal. So if I can create that mantra for myself before stepping in, if I can practice what it's going to look like, tell myself the entire story of what it's going to look like before I get in, then when I'm in and I'm panicking and I want to get out, I have that muscle memory of, wait a minute, I'm here for my healing. I'm here for my health. And you said it in one of your videos the other day on your Instagram story, the hardest part is getting in. Once you're in, you're in. Right. <laughs> I want to know when you're going to start dunking your hands. I, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm ready for that. Definitely more ready for the hands than the head. <laughs> it is but. so shocking to me. So it is uncomfortable. I just want to share this with your audience that it is uncomfortable to put your hands and your feet in an ice bath yeah. because they're the furthest, they're the extremities furthest away from our heart. So you're feeling that vasoconstriction, that tingling you're feeling, those cramps you're feeling, that's vasoconstriction. The more you do it, the easier it gets. I hardly yeah. ever experience tingling or cramping in my hands or my feet unless there's inflammation. So if I've done a day of gardening or building, by all means, my hands are going to feel that. But it's just discomfort. This is not pain. Pain is a broken bone. Pain is a broken heart. What you feel when you put your hands and your feet in an ice bath, that's not pain, that's discomfort. Yeah. And it's good for you. These are the extremities in our body that need it the most. And when it comes to the head dunk, so much easier than hands and feet. Okay. <laughs> Keep your eyes closed. You do not want to open your eyes under icy water. Make sure you lean back instead of leaning forward. If you lean forward, you can activate the dive response. And in these temperatures of water, you can pass out. So you want to make sure and lean back not lean forward. And you don't have to stay under. You can just do a quick dunk and get out. You can do it at the end of your ice bath. You can do it at the beginning of your ice bath. Or you can stand under and hold your breath a moment. On the days that I do a head dunk, I feel so balanced. Not to mm. mention how shiny it makes my hair. <laughs> that you, know, you touched on such an important point, which is the difference between pain and discomfort. And I think that that's, like, that's something that I teach within med like the context of meditation, but it's also so important within this context too, is that like, if we're not trained in doing something that's bringing awareness and, and practicing and like really confronting what pain and discomfort are, we get them completely confused. Like I think most people are walking around confusing that discomfort for pain. And one is, one is unavoidable. The other one is optional to a certain extent. Like it's, you know, we all have a different capacity to hold that discomfort and things like doing ice baths or meditation can help us like increase that capacity. But it's really like, what are we doing with that pain? What are we doing with that discomfort? And that to me is like one of the gifts of doing an ice bath. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned the, the anxiety, like when you're standing there waiting to get in and like that to me is like, it has been such an incredible gift uh, of my own practice coming from a meditation background, because what I started to notice, even when I was like, when I started out and I was just doing cold showers, you know, I would 
turn the shower to cold at the end of the shower. And when I would get into the shower, I would notice that my mind was already starting to like weasel out, trying to weasel out of it or like give myself or like a story about like, well, I don't really need to do this today. Like maybe I'm feeling like I'm not feeling great or like, you know, I did it yesterday. There's always tomorrow. Like, uh. and that feeling would get even stronger. Like as I, you know, kind of progressed, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to fill my bathtub up with ice today and do a, you know, an ice bath. And like immediately, like sometimes it would be like, I would get up and all of a sudden, like I would notice that there was this narrative happening sort of like in this back corner of like, well, I'm too busy to do this today. And I always tell people that like, especially if they've never done uh, an ice bath before, it's just like, just watch your mind. Because like he, like he said, like I was saying, to me, the hardest part is getting in because it's just overcoming that narrative that's like, no, don't do this. This isn't a good idea or you can't do this, whatever it is. And like that is that power. Like you said, it's so empowering once you get past that little, that little bump. And I, I think the, the interesting thing is like we're coming to it from a, this place of comfort but we're also like, to me, there's this, there's this um, uh, like epigenetic uh, type of programming that we're also overcoming. Like we have these signals, these programs in our body that have been there for thousands, if not, you know, however long humans have been around, right? Um, of like, hey, the cold water is dangerous. Like the, there's, something, there's something there that's like, it's, it's there for, to keep us safe. And I feel like those, those programs start to kind of go off, even thinking about like, oh my God, I'm going to get into an ice bath. And the, one of the things that sort of like connected these dots for me is thinking about, I, I watched a video where it was talking about falling through the ice and what to do if you fell through the ice. And the thing that got me was it's not... People don't, if, when people fall through the ice and they die, they don't die from hypothermia. They die from hyperventilation because they panic, they start to flail, they hyperventilate, they pass out and they drown. And it was like, oh, this is why it's so important to relax into the experience because it's not, it's not like, it's not really dangerous. It's our mind and somewhat, I think, signals in our body saying, oh my God, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> just in the same way, if we saw like a dangerous animal in the wild, like a bear or a wolf or something, your epigenetic uh, program would be like, hey, this is dangerous. You should get away from this. Um, but the, the power to me is just being able to hold that program, to see that thought and, and be like, no, I'm really not in danger. And within like 30 seconds of getting in, I can overcome that just by using my breath, just by bringing presence to the process, like you're saying with, you know, with the because meditation. Because about 30 to 60 seconds in, you're going to get a surge of norepinephrine and dopamine, which is going to help calm everything down. And I want to touch on a couple of things that you said here. Yeah. Um, for one, all the reasons we tell ourselves not to do an ice bath are likely all of the reasons that we ought to do an ice bath. So yeah. 
on those days when I'm like, oh, I'm so tired and I don't have time and I just don't feel like it. And hey, you guys, guess what? I healed myself. Why the heck do I still have to do this? I don't have to. I choose to for my mental, physical, and emotional health. Also, I want to touch on that discomfort. Even though right now, in this day and age, we are programmed to we're programmed to be in a state of constant comfort. Ever since the Industrial Revolution, the invention of air conditioning, we have designed our lives so that we do not ever have to experience a temperature differential. Even if we live in a cold and snowy climate, we can go from a hot house to a hot car to a hot office and back again. We barely have to be exposed to those few minutes of cold. So it's just discomfort. And we're not trained to be that way. I personally believe that the minute we invented fire, our bodies didn't stand a chance to evolve with technology the way that they need to, right? So technology evolves so much faster. It takes millennia for our bodies to catch up to those changes, right? So we invented fire. Our bodies, even now in 2022, our bodies still think that we should be running across a glacier in a loincloth and starving three days to get a, to get a meal. Like our bodies have not evolved the way that technology has evolved. Our bodies are not meant for climate control. Our bodies are meant to go through hard things. We don't get to build a muscle without first tearing it and inflaming it. So that discomfort, we need that. And we shy away from it more and more. The more that we create comfort in our lives, the more we can't bear the thought of discomfort. I, I love to use the example of uh, one of my kids we were out running errands one day and I had told the boys, I said, you got to eat before we leave. We're not stopping to eat. We'll be home at this time and eat before you leave. And he didn't want to eat before we left. So we're out, we're running errands. We're about halfway through and he says, I'm hungry. And I said, all right, you'll be fine. Drink your water. We'll eat when we get home. And he's like, but I'm really hungry. What is hunger? Are you going to die if you don't eat a meal in two hours? No. And it was a deep revelation for me that my kid had not gone ever experiencing hunger. At that point in his, he was like nine or 10 years old, he had never experienced hunger. Like, I'm hungry, I don't have access to food, what is this sensation? And then just by becoming familiar with that sensation, he's now no longer a slave to the feeling of hunger. It doesn't mean he starves himself. It doesn't mean I'm starving him. He's out of the house now. He's feeding himself anyway. But the point is, we experience discomfort and we want to run. We experience discomfort and we don't ever want it to happen again. And if we continue to keep ourselves in this bubble, instead of experiencing discomfort, we're not going to get any of the growth to build our resiliency to it. So we need that. We need the discomfort of the heat. We need the discomfort of the cold. We need to know what it's like to be in pain. We know what it's like. We need to know what it's like to feel well. And we can do hard things. Yeah. And, and there's nothing, to me, there's nothing like an ice bath to show you that in real time. Yeah. Because, because of all those messages and, you know, like programs that are going off being like, this is a bad idea, but it's such a great idea. And it's so good for you, like you're saying, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I love, you know, like you, your story um, and, and, the, and the message that you have about like how you can um, use that discomfort to enrich your life and make yourself stronger and healthier in your case. 
you know, it's just, it's so inspirational. It's, it's, it touches a chord in me because that was where I was at too. Like initially the first time I read about uh, cold plunging, it was like, well, I was going, I was starting to go through a messy divorce where lawyers were getting involved. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to do a bunch of stuff that I don't want to do that is going to be super uncomfortable. So the thought of like, well, if I create a practice where I'm doing something voluntarily that's uncomfortable every day, this, this has got to help me show up for these things that I don't want to do that are uncomfortable, but I have no choice about. And it's been just this transformative practice that's gone into all these other areas for me. Like you, like you said, you know, like the empowerment, um, just the feeling, feeling better, the building of mental resilience. And I love in your story that the hero's journey that you went through of like, you experienced it, you went through your own journey. And then when you came out of the doctor's office and you're like, well, wait a minute, what are all these other people doing? Like, it's not, and that, that's, that to me is like such an important aspect of these transformational practices is like when it seems like when we transform ourselves, we can't help but to share that process and that, that, that treasure with others. Because yeah, it's whether like, I find a great face lotion or a good food item or an ice bath that's completely transformed my health, I want to shot it from the rooftops. I want everyone to know. And it was long before I went to my doctor's office and found out that I had healed myself, that I was already introducing people to this practice because the weight started to literally melt off. And that to me, it was not all about weight. I could carry that 50 pounds today if I were still healthy. It's not all about the weight. I didn't care that I wasn't skinny or I didn't feel like I looked good in a bathing suit. What I cared about was my health. But what I noticed first was the empowerment and then the weight loss. And then just automatically by not carrying around excess weight, you're going to be healthier. Like I'm, I'm might touch on some nerves here, but this body shaming epidemic of allowing people to be uncomfortably overweight, it's not good on our bodies. We should not be celebrating these things. There is no such thing as healthy when you're carrying a hundred extra pounds of fat. Like that's just not good for you. And we do these things on, we, our bodies subconsciously do these things to protect us. I believe that everything that got me sick, everything that led me down this path was a result of the emotional trauma that I had yet to heal. So even one of the things, one of the greatest things that deliberate cold exposure has given me is emotional regulation. I can sit calmly and quietly and be in a difficult conversation or hear something hard or move through something difficult and just sit calmly and quietly. Is it 100% foolproof? No. And I have a tool when I get out of hand. I have a tool when I become dysregulated. I have an answer for those times when life does feel overwhelming or when it does feel like too much. So it's not just the way that it healed me physically. It's what it's done for me emotionally. I love that. That's yeah. And it's such a great tool. Um, you know, I, there, there's, there's so much about your method that, that I appreciate, you know, coming from like this meditation uh, background. Um, I can definitely relate to what you're saying about that competitiveness and that sort of like that, that energy 
um, coming in. Um, like I remember feeling really interested and curious the first time I went to a, a Wim Hof like workshop to see the spectrum of people, you know, it was like, there was like hippies and psychonauts and crossfitters and people that were like, Hey, this is like healed my whatever, you know, condition um, from PTSD to, you know, like autoimmune um, stuff like, Substance like in your, abuse. yeah, you know, and it's in like, I was so blown away that everybody was getting benefit from these same practices where like, you know, I had, I had, definitely come to it with a certain, uh, like a certain background, you know, it's like, cool, I can, I can, um, I can integrate my mindfulness into this. Um, I can watch what's happening as I'm going into the ice bath. Um, I can use the actual practice itself as like a way to connect to mindfulness and awareness. Um, and then, like you said, like, the resilience and the, the emotional regulation that's coming as a result of practicing and then afterwards. Um, but it was so like, it was so incredible to me to watch like this broad spectrum and like people that had, no, had never meditated before, had no interest in it, but like they were getting those same benefits. So I love, I love that you created intention and ceremony around this practice. Um, like I, I come from a Buddhist background and one of the things that like I've been asked before is like, well, what, what makes something Buddhist? You know, because there's all different kinds of meditation, right? Like, so what, what, why is this Buddhist? And it, it's a very simple answer. One of them is the intention that you have, like setting that intention and the power of setting that intention and having that container around what you're doing. And so I love that you're that you've incorporated that into the the cold exposure experience because from a Buddhist perspective, setting that intention and having that container makes the whatever you're doing more powerful. It makes it more um, impactful. Um, if you wanted to talk about like karma, you know, you, you're just you're creating more like positive energy just by bringing your attention and your intention to your practice, whether that's like feeding yourself or taking an ice bath or doing something for somebody else, everything comes down to like the intention that you have. So I love, love, love that you like have incorporated that into the experience. And um, it's been really fun for me to like start to use your meditations that you have on YouTube and anybody that's um, that hasn't uh, experienced Adrian's Morosco method and is doing ice baths, I would definitely recommend um, going to YouTube and doing an ice bath um, with one of her meditations. And I thought it was really cool because like when I started, I was using music and I was sort of coming from like this breathwork place where like using evocative music to like bring in a certain, you know, emotional um, like I've, I've definitely had ice baths that are like very somatic, like release and, you know, really try to like bring that in. But what I noticed when I stopped using the music and started being more mindful and using your method was I was like, huh, there is a, an aspect of using the music that's dissociative. That's like a way to distract myself from the actual experience, which is like your catchphrase, right? This is what cold feels like. Like, 
just being with the experience and like allowing yourself to fully feel it and experience it instead of like distracting or being like, oh my God, it's, there's 30 seconds left to the song until I can get out. You know, it's just being with the experience and that's so powerful. And it's the opportunity for the check-in. So when I'm, I'm not listening to lyrics or I'm not worried about a crescendo and it's just me mm. and my thoughts, there's nowhere for me to go. Yeah. So I have that opportunity to give myself the time to say, what thoughts are coming in right now? What is it my body wants to share with me? And that's also a really good time to do a full body check-in. How does my head feel? How about my neck, my shoulders? Am I relaxed? Am I open? Are my, are my hands clenched or are they loose? How about my abs? Are they engaged? Are my feet and my legs? How are my feet? How are my knees? How are my calves? Like all of these different things, because there are times when I'm like, oh, I feel this like weird concentration of cold over by my left kidney. And then you just sit with it for a minute. It's like, well, you know, maybe I'll have a detox tea tonight, or maybe I'll just focus on drinking a little bit more water today. So it can be so subtle, the message that your body or your brain is trying to communicate. And when you're in the ice and you can pause and you can hold space in that quiet, that's where you get to hear what those messages are. And they become louder. They become clearer. Sometimes they're obnoxiously annoying, like right in your face. This is exactly what you need to focus on. Other times it's more subtle. And so if you've got something distracting you, you're less likely to hear that message. I love that. Yeah. Also it, with it, singing bowls. So, you know, different people have different beliefs. I'm a believer in chakras being our energy centers. I specifically use bowls tied to the crown chakra, the heart chakra, sometimes root and sacral, but mostly crown and heart. I avoid the third eye because the chemicals that we produce while we're in our ice bath, you can actually re reactivate a medicine journey or you can activate a journey of medicine, even if you've never done a medicine journey. So I avoid, I avoid certain notes that you know, that's, that's not what that's for. And others, it's like, yeah, focus on the crown chakra, open that right up, focus on the heart chakra, open that right up. And so the notes, even in the bowls that I'm using, whether it's in meditation or a one-on-one -on -one guided session, it's intentional and it's designed to create an experience. It's, it's designed to move energy through the body where it is stuck. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, I, I could relate to that. Like the third eye, there's already, you've already like in that You're state already. already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I love your method. I'm really looking forward since I'm in Tucson and not too far away from you guys to, um, to get up for one of your certification workshops and really experience the full thing. And I understand that you're doing like a, you're coming up with a, a course Right, I am. I am working on creating an online Moronsko Method certification course because there are still so many people in lockdown. There are so, still so many people that cannot leave their homes or cannot leave their countries. And as I was speaking with people in different countries one week, it was like Germany and uh, Canada and Australia. And all three of them were like, I would go if I could. And they couldn't. And then I realized there is no reason for me to hold this in a container of only in person. I have to find a way to make this knowledge available to anyone who wants it. 
So I'm in that process. I'm working diligently every day to get that going. And it's been a challenge for me. It has been, a, it's been, you know, cause there's, I'm still running a business. There's still all kinds of other challenges in life. I'm currently renovating my husband's office. Like there, there are, I'm, I'm always doing 18 things. Oh, and I've got a 14 week old puppy, you know, like let's just do all the things. One of the things I love about this though, is that the ice bath has also taught me when I think I'm out of capacity, when I think I have nothing left in me, there is always more. And the more capacity I grow, the more I have to grow. So mm. just like deliberate cold exposure, it's okay if you don't do two minutes on your first round. It's okay if you just get in and get out. It's okay if that's 55 degrees. It's okay if that's a shower. If you are uncomfortable, you're doing some of the work. Mm. And any amount of cold is a good amount of cold. So get uncomfortable. You know, maybe when you go out and check your mail, don't bundle up, walk out in the rain, walk out in the cold, walk out in the snow, you know what I mean? So find small ways to begin to integrate this practice into your life. And then you'll see that the benefits that happen when you're in the cold, then carry out to every other aspect of your life. Yeah. And I think the one really important point there to like, to couple up with it is that intention and that awareness. Like, it's going to be so much more beneficial for you if you're like, I'm going to walk out to my mailbox without bundling up and be aware of my body and be aware of the sensations and feel this experience. Then if I'm like, oh my God, I got to get through this and I'm going to run out there and like, oh, I hate this and get me back in my warm house. Yeah. Do you want to create a physical muscle memory of that fear and anxiety? Or do you want to create a physical muscle memory of empowerment? And that's one of the reasons that part of the Maronsko method is standing in power pose when you get out of the ice bath. I want you to get out of the ice and stand strong, confident, like a warrior. I don't want you to curl into yourself, grab a towel and freak out because we're creating a physical muscle memory around this experience. And the reason I say this is what cold feels like is because most of us have no idea especially these temperatures. So if I say this one simple phrase, this is what cold feels like, something in our brain kicks on from like our mammalian response that says, oh, oh, okay, all right, this is supposed to happen. This, this is what it feels like. All right, I've never felt this before. So we don't know where to put it. So when I say this is what cold feels like, you're like, oh, okay, now we know where to put that. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, but it's very temporary. And like, temporary. And, it's, and it's, it's, it's something, like you said, you can build that muscle memory. Um, you know, the, the holistic psychologist would call it reparenting, right? Yeah. Like any, any little thing that you're doing, any step that you're taking, no matter how small or insignificant it seems, when it's done with intention, you're helping build your self-trust. You're helping to recreate um, and change the patterns and the limiting beliefs that you have inside of you and like really start to tap in to the potential that we all have that we're so much more powerful than like this story up here. Not to mention, well, first, whatever story is up here, we're in charge of that. We are the stories that we tell ourselves and we are the narrator of our stories. Second, when you're taking an ice bath, you are smoothing over hardwired pathways of trauma and you are creating tens of thousands of new neural pathways from a place of meditative calm while producing copious amounts of 
norepinephrine, dopamine, oxytocin. So if you have a trauma experience that you are still working through, maybe you have PTSD, maybe you have CPTSD, it is okay to be in the ice, meditate on that, and reframe your story from a place of empowerment. Because this is us putting ourselves in a fight or flight situation in order to teach ourselves how to overcome that, how to maintain our breath and remain calm through that. And so we can recreate our own narrative. We can recreate how we felt in that traumatic experience to who we are now. Because again, anxiety, an experience of the past that shapes what we think is going to happen in the future. And nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. Nobody knows. There's no such thing. Hmm. Awesome. Well, Adrian, I so appreciate you being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And um, the Morosco Forge is a super, super cool ice bath. Like I always describe it to people as like the Ferrari of ice baths because it's like such a beautiful, wonderful, like just it looks like a work of art to me. Like not only is it functional, but you guys designed it to be such a beautiful piece. And it's definitely like something on my bucket list that, uh, you know, that, <laughs> that I will own one day. Um, I have the, you know, homemade chest freezer, uh, you know, sort of contraption that I've built and definitely have, have that Morosco Forge on my bucket list. So um, for people that want to know more about Morosco Forge and, and your method and, and your, you know, your class and, and all the things related to what you're doing, like, where should they go? Well, I want to start by saying thank you so much for having me. You are helping me fulfill my life's dream, which is to shout the healing benefits of the cold from the rooftops and to tell everyone who will listen about this healing modality. So thank you. Thank you for having me on and allowing me the platform to do that today. Uh, you can find me in a lot of places. You can check me out at the Morotsko Method podcast on most major platforms. You can find me on Instagram at, at Adrian underscore Jezik or at Morotsko underscore Forge. Make sure you get that underscore in there. Previous account was hacked and it's gone. So we've started over. You can find us on the web at MorotskoForge.com. You can email me at info at MorotskoForge.com. And you know what? All you have to do is manifest your intention. I'll show. <laughs> we, we have that ability. So whatever it is that you're working on, Whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you want to talk about, if you have questions, reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adrian, for your time and for sharing your message. It's so inspirational and like uh, keep, keep, keep uh, shouting that message. Like it's, it's so powerful and it's so life-changing and, you know, it's, it's so easy. You know, it's, it's, it's not uh, what's the, what's the saying? Like the, <laughs> it's not easy. It's simple. You know, uh, like <laughs> I wouldn't or, call it. E it's simple. Right. I wouldn't simple. Call it easy. Four and a half <laughs> years into my practice, I still stand in front of that ice bath and question everything about my life. So I want also people to know <laughs> that this is one of those practices that does not have diminishing returns. It m is likely to be challenging forever. And that's yes. okay. We can do hard <laughs> things. When I, when I, uh, when I did that, Wim Hof workshop, one of the facilitators said, well, you know, I've just been doing it for so long that I actually, I can't take hot showers anymore. Like I prefer the cold water. And I was like, no, I call BS on that because every single time, like you said, I get in, it's like, 
uh, am I really going to do this again? But I've all you got to do like is get in. I'm not one of them, but I have met people like that. <laughs> God bless them. But <laughs> does, Melissa, thank you. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being on today. You guys go out, get your cold on. Don't hesitate. If you need help, bring a friend. There you go. There's your call to action. If you have not already done some cold exposure today, go do it. Not for Adrian or myself, but for yourself. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adrian. Have a good one. Thanks for checking out another episode of the podcast. I hope that you not only enjoyed it, but that you feel inspired to go and do some practice of your own. You know, whether that is something that is a part of your regular routine like meditation or breath work or trying something new like uh, taking an ice bath or starting a new mindset practice maybe you feel curious to something that you've been called to try you know working with a new teacher a new facilitator or maybe even working with uh, psychedelics or plant medicine in whatever way is safe and legal for you where you live my hope is that you are you know, curious and continue to expand your transformational practice and that this podcast inspires you to continue doing that. As always, if you can follow or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, it definitely helps. And if you can leave a review, even just a few reviews really help to push the podcast up in the algorithm and help make it more visible to more people. I'd love it if you shared it with your friends, if you're finding it valuable or interesting. As always, follow me at Blue Magic Alchemy on Instagram, all one word. And if you're interested in learning more about breathwork or you'd like support integrating or preparing for self-development transformational practice, reach out to me at bluemagicalchemy at gmail.com or at Instagram to set up a discovery call for Instagram coaching. Until next time, thank you, be well, and keep practicing. That's the vital point.